<laughs> and here I am, a little white dude, middle of this hotel. There's a whole team of these Oregon Ducks, you know. I'm like, Oregon Ducks, that's a stupid name. Like, like, <laughs> you know, whatever you can think of when you're like 9 or 10, oh 11 years old. Welcome to the Uplift Podcast with your host, Nathan Beeler. Today's episode, I have a treat for you all. I have the hype man himself. <laughs> Did I call you Pastor? Is that is that uh, okay? You just call me Brother Trey. This is Pastor Trey just Cornwell. Call me, <laughs> just call me. Uh, just call me. Uh, just call me Trey. Just call you Trey. But he's definitely, especially in the last, I want to say year or two, he's definitely been a really big part of my life. Uh, just being a really close friend to me and my family. But he is gone above and beyond what I ever thought he could do for sure I knew you got you got a big calling on your life I knew that you were had a lot of things going in your way and God had had something special for you but it's just been awesome to see how how big it's actually going to be and it's not to blow you up (laughs) I and you you and brother Mike are the same way and I think most of the pastors that we have here are all very humble. Yeah. And very definitely. very wanting to keep themselves small. Yeah. And keep God big. Mm. But it, it's somebody it, it's gotta be said because it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a huge thing that you're going through. Thank you. Thank you. Uh <clears throat> before we get started, uh I want to tell everyone that listened to the episode with Corbin Beeler um <laughs> that I did not break his <laughs> neck, man. <laughs> Dude, I was oh listening goodness. to that episode, and he said Trey Cornwell came and he climbed over the chairs and he came and about <laughs> broke my neck. I'm like, man, I, you know, ever since he said that, ain't no one want me to pray for them no more. <laughs> <laughs> that was episode two, and he he was <laughs> uh, I was cracking me up. I was in my car and I had to pull over because I was laughing so hard. Like I I I I had to literally put on my caution lights and. I thought, and I texted y'all as soon uh-huh. as I heard, yeah, because it was later at night, mm-hmm. and uh, I ha- I had to send you guys a text because man, I was just cracking. I didn't break your neck. <laughs> <laughs> I just pushed on it real hard. <laughs> um, brother Winslow was in town, and uh, oh man, uh, so one time God told him to punch a guy in the gut. He was having like stomach. <laughs> issues. He was having like stomach issues, oh and God's like punch him. And he, and he he said, "Oh God, I I don't, I don't think that I don't think that was God." He, and he just heard him punch, <laughs> punch him. <laughs> so he just uppercut his gut. <laughs> oh my God! And uh, I I don't know. Sometimes I feel like God just wanted me to lay hands that hard on Corbin just to just. To, well, he needed it anyway. Yeah, you know. And they and uh, I didn't realize you know what was going on at the time. Like, ain't no one told me the pain. You know, like because I, I was in the front at uh, the in the altar at NAYC. Mm-hmm. And I'm just praising and I'm just worshiping. And someone, someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Corbin wants you to pray for him like now." And I'm and I said, "Okay." And I looked back, and you know NAYC. I mean, y- y- there's no Crowds moving once you're up there. Oh my god! And I remember specific. I mean, I was like pushing people out of the way. I mean, what when I got my eyes set on someone to go pray for him, I just I just go, you know. 
And so I was pushing people out of the way, and I think I jumped over like 13 different rows of the seats. And uh, I'm sure the security guards were looking at me weird, but like, what are they going to do? Yeah, they I'll can't pray do for it. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'll come pray for you too. So, so then I found Corbin, and the reason, the reason why I laid my hand so hard on him is because that last row, my foot got caught oh, no. on the chair, and <laughs> the forward momentum just smoked him. Boom. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh man! That's anyway, hilarious. I just wanted to clear clarify that I, I've learned from that moment um, how to lay hands on people a lot better. You know, I get just so excited because I know as soon as I lay hands on you, you're gonna be whatever you need. Mm-hmm. I'm just that confident in yeah. God, not mm-hmm. cockiness. No, I'm confident yeah, in my God. You know, you know, it's it's funny. I've been listening to a lot of old Jeff Arnold. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite episodes, or not episodes, I call them episodes. Yeah. Because I'm listening to like episodes yeah, like yeah. like just over and over again. I am persuaded. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I that love is one of the most sermon. powerful sermons I've ever heard still, him preach. I still quote it. It is amazingly good. And it's like, and you're just persuaded. I, I'm, <laughs> you're, I, I'm I persuaded. Am. If I put my hands on you, God's going to hear yeah. you. I'm persuaded if I get close to you. If I get this and, close just to Let you. me breathe a little bit on it. <laughs> and see, that's the thing, because <laughs> I... When I lay hands on you, it's no longer my, it's no longer my, I'm no longer in control, Mm -hmm. right? So there's nothing that I could say uh, that's going to heal you, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, of course. It's not, it's not me. It's just God. I'm being the physical representation of of the spiritual. That's right. (laughs) And as soon as you, as soon as I lay hands on somebody, it's no longer in my control. Mm -hmm. It, 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 it's just my control whether or not I'm going to obey God and go pray for who he told me to. That's right. Once I lay hands on you, or once anybody lays hands on you, now it's, I mean, God take over. Uh-huh. I mean, I could tell you, you could have an abscessed, like, toe, and I could <laughs> say, God, heal his nose, and God would know what I'm talking about, and, and you know, just because I obeyed God. Uh-huh. I might not you said the right thing. Right, right. But I had faith to lay hands on you, because I'm not afraid to put God on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I, I, God, I put him on the spot, mm-hmm. because at that point, it's not... It's not you. It's anymore. not me no more. No, it's God. And I think people get confused with that sometimes. They feel like if they don't get that instant healing, if they don't get that, uh, if if the seed doesn't sprout yeah. th- as as quickly as they think it should, yep. That either you did something wrong, or they did something wrong, or they didn't, you know, yeah, they didn't have enough faith. It's like no, you got like that's not how that's not how any of this works. No, it's not. You know, and. Uh, People, yeah, brother Arnold. He for I am persuaded. Yep, yeah, that that is. I I quote that every day. I'm in the in the in the uh, the prayer room. I always say I I'm I'm persuaded. And you I'm, have to I'm be. Persuaded. You have to be, and and you can definitely tell from the outside looking in. You you are definitely persuaded in what you're doing. <laughs> I love God. <laughs> I mean, I I could talk about him. I, I'm just in love with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, simple as that. I just love him. I mean, he's done. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I heard someone say something. Th- this is probably one of the most prolific um, things I, I've heard someone ever say. And they said that you will see more healings, miracles, signs, and wonders when you preach the oneness of God rather than preach the healing power of God. Hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, how is that? How can that be true? 
And uh, it's simply because when you preach the oneness of God, you're preaching about who he is. Mm -hmm. And when you're preaching about the healing power of God, you're preaching on what he can do. Right. And God said that if you will preach who I am and not what I can do, if we will fall in love with who he is <laughs> and not what he can do. Absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah. And like you said, I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that Jesus Christ is everything. He's either he's ever, he's either everything in your life or he's nothing in your life. Mm-hmm. There's no in between. He's either your everything or he's your nothing. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't play he doesn't play second base. The Bible says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God." That's right. And all of these things will be added unto you. That's right. That's right. That's 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 got to be the number one. Amen. So I I am I'm thankful that you're allowing uh allowing me to become not become but allow me to come onto your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, all these episodes were going forth, and I was like, "Yeah, he just don't love me." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you really no, you did not no, think that. I'm you knew that. it was gonna be your turn. I, I'm kidding. Now. I just I'm trying I, to get all you young guys up no, in here. No, I, I am. I'm thankful that uh, I'm thankful that you asked me to be on your podcast. Absolutely. This is the uplifted podcast with Nathan Beeler because it is uplifting. Absolutely, you gotta start saying that, bro. I love that. You, you like that? I love. I, I mean, that's it what, is. I mean, I saw. I I was trying to play with words and stuff. I, like I wanted it. a good outro, and this and this it is, is uplifting. This is the uplift podcast with Nathan Beeler because it is uplifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Thank you, you for letting me join your podcast today. Absolutely. Why don't you go ahead and shout out your podcast real quick? Um, so, what's up, everybody? My name is Trey Cornwell. Uh, me and John Calvin Chance are the hosts of the Steadfast Devotion podcast, where we talk about awkward stories, we talk about ministry, we talk about growth as Christians, and, you know, we're just two apostolic dudes trying to be devoted to God. That, that's that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just dropped a part two of Pursuing the Perfect Will of God with Reverend Dusty Young. Um, that dude. It was amazing. It was absolutely is, enlightening. He blows my mind. Let me tell you one thing that he, that he said on there that absolutely just changed my perspective on things. He says the world, misla- the world has mislabeled closed doors with missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. Ooh, that's good right there. That's good. I wrote it all down. Right? I'm gonna preach it. I'm gonna preach it. But it's so true. Um, he was preaching on that. Just because a door closes doesn't mean it's a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's just because God cares that much to keep you inside the will that's of God. Right. So if you get the chance after this podcast or whenever you can, not now. Uh, obviously not now. Just listen to this podcast. Uh, but whenever you get the chance, go over to the Steadfast Devotion podcast and take a listen. Uh, I mean, I, I love. No, go ahead and pause this real quick. It was that good, dude. It was that good. You go, was, you pause this real fast. You can come back no. to this. This is just me and Trey talking. But. It was, uh, it was, it was, we ha- we've been having some good podcasts lately. You have been having some great podcasts, brother. Young's been having some great podcasts, and uh, we just got, you know, it's like the holy trinity of podcasts. This church, so you know, I've been listening. I've been catching up. I'm in his season two. I think I'm on episode three now. Um, People at work come up and talk, and talk to me. I've yeah. got him playing in my ear. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm like, I can't. I can't. I got to listen. You got to wait a minute. I can't uh, talk to you yet. I wish, I wish there was a video recorder. Uh, like, video live. That was awesome. Uh-uh. 
<laughs> I can't talk to you. I got. I'm listening to somebody. Yeah, that's awesome. He's been laying down some real yeah fire has, on man. his podcast. Yeah, that is the Search for Truth podcast. The Search for Truth. Yeah, podcast. the Search for Truth podcast um, with Brother Dusty Young, and that is also another amazing podcast. It is. So. I, I I had to go up to him in person and tell him, look, I don't know if anybody's come and give you any feedback at all. I am loving what you're doing on there. Wow. And mm. he was like. I appreciate that. I said, I told my wife about it and she hopped on it and, and cause she loves the way he preaches and everything. Oh yeah. And, um, um, it is definitely he, amazing. He's a blessing to the church. He, he's a For blessing sure. to the kingdom of God, period, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, I, I'm thankful that he's, uh, at our church and he plays such a I'm vital thankful role he's in such our life. In t- I'm thankful he's such in tune with what God has for his life. Oh yeah. And, and how to direct it in the right way. Absolutely. And he knows, you know, it, it, from the outside, it looks like he knows exactly what he's doing and where he's going. <laughs> yeah. I know when you're in it, it's not always so black and white, but yeah. when, but it looks like he's got it, exactly yeah. what he knows where he's going. And if he doesn't, it, it, he puts on a good mask. <laughs> he does. Because, I mean, I'm talking, sure. he, he is. He's, I, love, I love Brother Young. Um, but this, y'all, if you have the chance, I need you... To share this podcast, the Uplift podcast with Nathan Beeler, share it on all social media platforms <laughs> because this is absolutely the will of God. This podcast has helped me ex- extreme, I, and I want to give a shout out to Andrew, um, mm. Andrew uh, Whitman, Whitman, uh, Nathan Beeler's sister's boyfriend. <laughs> um, but he he talked uh, his his testimony is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I was telling Haley. That there needs to be more young guys that are that bold and courageous, mm-hmm. not to be ashamed of their testimony. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love so much about this podcast is you're bringing people on that are just simply unashamed. Absolutely, they're unashamed and unashamed of their uh, of their testimony. But not only that, but unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And when you are unashamed to share what Christ has done for you. You are fully unashamed of, of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And, and and so I want to give a shout out to Andrew. Um, that podcast was amazing. Uh, this podcast is just been, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to just blow <laughs> no, you up, but this I, podcast is amazing. It, it is the will of God. Well, that's the thing. And I hope everybody understands this. If I ever ask anyone of anybody that hears, if I ever ask you to come on, mm. if I, if you come to me and ask me, I yeah. will, I, I will gladly, yeah. I will gladly be a platform for you to be able to get your whole story out. This Amen. is not about me. That's right. I'm just a computer. I'm just got, I just got a laptop. I got a microphone. That's right. That's all. That's all I'm doing. Wow. That's all I'm and I'm just letting God's will be done. Yeah. Because there are times where we need to be strengthened by each other. Mm. Iron sharpens iron, does it not? That's right. So we need to be able to get out the entirety of our story mm-hmm. so that so that we can sharpen someone else's iron because we don't know who's gonna hear it and and if they may need it and if they may not but there's definitely somebody who needs to hear this. Oh yes, absolutely. And uh, not because I'm doing anything special. I'm not doing anything special. I'm just setting up and, and getting times together. That's yeah. all I'm doing. I'm making sure people can do this. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh it's a sacrifice what you're doing. Well, I, I mean, it's a privilege what you're doing. It's a privilege. You know, I, I, I it's not a sacrifice. Yeah, I love doing exactly. it. I love recording. That's right. This has been if I could change jobs right now, <laughs> if I could get paid for doing this, I'd do this full oh, time. Amen. Amen. Some yeah, that would be 
One day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, uh. We need to get a, oh, we need to get a booth going then, you know? Yeah. Look, eventually, dude. Yeah, I'm eventually, telling We can get there. Look, so, Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Uh, the word kingdoms there, thy kingdom come, that word kingdom there in Hebrew means, uh, I'm sorry, in Greek means to reign. Mm-hmm. I mean, he reigns. So his, thy kingdom come, when you, when you pray that, you're saying, God, you are the ruler and you reign over everything. And when, you, when you're saying, thy will be done, you are saying, God, you reign over anything and I will do whatever you want me to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are the supreme ruler of everything mm-hmm. and I am submitted to what the king has to say. Um, and so I, I fully believe that you are absolutely being used by God. You have completely submitted to the will of God. And when you, when you're submitted to the will of God, God opens up opportunities, opens up doors. And this is for everybody. When you are com- 100% sold out for Christ, God literally will make the impossible possible. Just to show you how big our God is. It is that's, I, I, that's a testimony from me because man. it is. I'll just do this one real quick. Yeah. And I know Trey's on here to give his testimony. I'm, I'm because he brought that up. <laughs> I gotta drop this real fast. When I got the job that I'm in today, mm-hmm. it was. Golly, how long has it been now? Four and a half years. Mm. Four and a half years ago, I was praying at my last job. I loved my last job. It mm. was the people were good. The, 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 the money wasn't, you know, right where I need to be. And that's why I was looking for a new job. And I, yeah. I was praying to God. I said, God, I need a new job. I need to make more money than I'm making now because my wife wants to stay home with our kids. Mm. She wants to do things with them. I want to be able to give her that. So help me get to where I need to be. Mm. And I applied at where I'm working now, Textron. I applied for a different position that I was overqualified for. Yeah. And nothing happened. Hmm. Nothing. I never got a call. I never got anything from it. And they posted it and all that. So I was doing, I was just watching them doing the right thing. A year later, a posting for a job that I was completely not qualified for popped up. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a year after. So I'm sitting here, I'm praying, you know, I'm not getting upset. I'm not getting discouraged. But I'm like, man, this is taking a while. <laughs> yeah. And so. I was like, you know what? The, the worst they could tell me is no. I started applying for job after job after job that I was not even qualified for. I, yeah. was, just, I was just lighting them up. And one, they called me in for one that it, it was called a final mechanic, a final mm. assembly mechanic. And you've got to have, and they had on there, like when I got in the interview, I didn't even remember applying for that one, but I got the interview. He he handed me the piece of paper that I, that, that I applied with. And he goes, you need this, 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 this. I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't even know what this job title is. I was like, I have, I don't, I don't even know what this entails. Like, I just applied, and he's like, "Well, you can either do this, or, you, or we have openings for what you applied for a year ago, or you can do this." And he's like, "I was like, let me do that because I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of doing this work over here. I want to start something new." And when I got in, the trainer was like, "I've never seen them hire anybody off the street for this qual for th- for this. Never." He's like, "They've never hired anybody <laughs> like this." I was like. Well, you know, I got a really big God. I was like, I was like, God's got my back. And I told him that <laughs> he goes, he, somebody's got your back. I was like, you better believe it. And, that is awesome. And ever since then, he's been 
I'm on second shift right now. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. But God's got me where he needs me. For a reason. For right now. That's right. Because uh, it, he, yeah. he's moved me from one place to the other, dodging layoffs. They had yeah, a huge layoff I not know. just too long I, ago. I remember we were praying that you would get, uh, I, we were pr- what was he praying? That you'd get moved to third shift? Something like, yeah. and Because you were on... Uh, you were on one shift, and anyway, the shift that you just got moved from, mm-hmm. all of pretty much most of them got laid off. So this is interesting. This is the, this is this is how this is how funny it is. This how this is how God will show you yeah. how He pulled you through. So I'm working with a guy right now. We got hired on the same day. He is two badge numbers in front of me. He was on the other side of town after I got moved to the east side. He was on the west side still. He got a layoff notice, and I didn't. Mm. And he's two badge numbers in front of me, and we got hired on the same exact day. Wow. Whoa. God. <laughs> and now yeah. he's working in the same department that I am. And I was like, that's insane. That's God's that, got your back. He, he definitely does. And I, I, it's hard to be, it's hard to be this blessed. Yeah. And and not be happy about it, and not just like I, I'm not gloating about it. Yeah, yeah. I have no control over yeah. this at all. Yeah. But a long time ago, I prayed to God and I said, you know what, God, I give you my job. You gave me this job, and I'm thankful for it. But I'm giving it back. Mm. I'm giving. I'm putting it back in your hands because you would have better control over it and would know exactly what I need from it yeah. and when I need from it better than I do. Wow. So it's and it's nothing. I I haven't done anything to earn my job or the money that I'm making. And I'm I, I'm making the most money I've ever made in my entire life. Amen. And doing the least amount of work I've ever done. Amen. That's <laughs> and, called the blessings and the favor of God. <laughs> don't get me wrong. We have yeah. we have work we do and stuff yeah. like. But it's it's definitely God is good all the time. Yeah. And see anyway. that that is one thing. Um. I, I'll tell you why God's like because you're faithful. Mm-hmm. Not just faithful, but you have faith, you know, man, if you got faith, man, faith will take you a long way, a long way. It'll take you a long way. And and I'll even brag. My grandpa says it. Uh, I'm sorry. The bishop says it. Uh, the bishop says it the best. He says, he says, I am the most blessed man that I know. Mm-hmm. He, he says that about himself. And every time he says that, I go, well, you must not have met me because I am. <laughs> I am so I, I sometimes I really think God just just I, look I tell I tell everybody this cuz they always ask well you know how, how do you get into um you know how do you, how do you really start praying how do you really get into that next level of prayer how do you uh you know you know when when you're first starting off uh one of the hardest things to do I I found for me personally was getting in the habit not the not in the habit but learning how to love how to pray, mm. you know, because anybody can just pray and just mm-hmm. say, well, it's just because I'm a Christian or just because I have to. So I'll pray. It's not about that. you got to love to pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, 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 you have to realize why you're praying, <laughs> you know, you're, you're praying because you just want to get closer to God, right? A relationship is a two way street. Absolutely. It's not just a one way telephone call from us to God and him not ever respond, uh-huh. you know, and people are like, well, I never hear the voice of God. I never <laughs> hear. I'm like, well, then be quiet and just listen for just a moment because we're always so busy, you know, praying this for God. I need this. God, mm-hmm. I need that. Mm-hmm. And it's never God. 
I just want to spend some time with you today. Oh man, how are you doing today, God? I, I feel like when I'm pray, I, I pray for things that you know I need. Yeah. I pray for things my family. That yep. is the absolute. I have the best time praying. Yeah, when I'm just loving on him. Yeah, and I'm just telling him, you know, God, thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. praise your name. Uh, thank yeah. you for everything you've done. You don't have to do any of this for me. Yep, but. Because I'm nobody, but yeah. you're, but you're but you're working on me. Thank Amen. you. And see, and I don't mean, I don't mean you don't ever ask God for things. You know, because no, God's got to God's got to he he will supply when you ask for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have not because you ask not. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So you absolutely. I mean, I absolutely ask things for God too. We all do, right? But I just love talking to him. <laughs> you know, it just makes my day better. Um, and I tell I tell everybody this. I just feel like me and God just have a different relationship than everybody mm-hmm. else, which we do. You know, everyone has everybody their own different has, relationships. Exactly. But I just feel like, like God, <laughs> I mean, I have this really bad thing. I have this really bad thing where I call everybody bro. Uh-huh. So I call my dad. I call my dad bro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and sister, the sister in our church, she she always like, why do you call your dad bro? I'm like, that's because he's my homie. You know, my dad's my best friend. Well, my dad, my father, mm-hmm. He is my best friend. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to watch myself because I call God bro. Like, come on, bro. How you doing today, bro? And it's like, well, he's um, not your bro. He's your God, you know? Uh, yeah. But but it's just one of those things where it, you, I just love talking that's to just where That's that's where you are with God. Yeah. That's, and, and, yeah. and I guarantee he's not taking any disrespect. No, I know he's not, but I just, I just love him so much. And uh, yeah. So anyway, let's get into it. Let's go ahead. So, as everybody knows, uh, my my grandpa, my my papa, that's what I call him, my papa. He's the he's the bishop of the church that we go to, mm-hmm. and uh, my whole family. I mean, since the time I was born, obviously, has always been in the ministry, always been in the ministry. Um, I mean, I, that's all I know. All I know is 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 church. You know, all I know is. You know, my grandpa is a great man of God. All I know is my uncle is, you know, a great man of God. All I know is that my grandma, you know, all, all I ever knew was was church, mm-hmm. you know. And so a reason why I feel like I'm so close with God is not because of my own doing, but because I've had family that have sent petitions up to God on my behalf. Absolutely. Uh, I've had family that has, that has prayed for me. You know, growing up, uh, compared to all my other cousins, me and my sister have a very, very different upcoming. And I'm not hating on uh, any of my cousins, you know. Yeah. Uh, we were all just raised differently. We yeah. all had different uh, cards that were handed to us, you mm-hmm. know. not So so all my other cousins, uh, all you know, all of them, their parents are in the ministry. Uh, my cousins, you know, John Calvin and Gentry, their parents are pastors. Uh, Logan and Sophia, their parents are pastors. Uh, you know, all my cousins, all of my cousins are, are preacher's kids or mm-hmm. PKs, PKs, you know? And so, I, I mean, so they're all PKs <laughs> <laughs> and uh, me and my sister are not, me and my sister are vastly different from all of our, my other cousins. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and I praise God for that because I know there was, there's a reason why, you know, me and mm-hmm. my sister had to go through some of the things that we went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my parents, my parents are, are split up, um, and my whole life, I grew up in a, I guess they call it a mixed family or a, a conjoined family yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. you mm-hmm, want to call mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, you know, my, my dad is, my dad is remarried. 
uh, to a wonderful woman named Shanna, who I love very much. Um, she's been in my life, you know, for pretty much as long as I can remember. And my mom, my mom is married. Uh, both both sides are, are remarried. And uh, on my mom's side, uh, Mark, my stepdad, which who I love, he, he's he's an awesome guy. I love him very much. Um, he had, you know, uh, he had four four kids. I'm gonna see if I can remember that four kids. Yeah, and then it right. was me and my sister. Uh, and so on my mom's side, we'd, we'd come over to her house, and there's like six kids in that mm-hmm. one house, mm-hmm. you know. So there's eight of us with my mom and with Mark. So there's eight kids on my mom's side, and then on my dad's side, it's me, my sister, obviously, and then my stepbrother Jace, who's Shana's son. And so on both sides, uh, it was a it was a mixed family both both ways, you sure. know. So growing up was it was very very interesting. Um, <laughs> you have to basically uh, learn how to love, you know, mm-hmm. people that aren't really your siblings, but are you know they're your step siblings, but they're not you know you're not they're not yeah, blood, yeah, yeah. you know. So it was very different trying to figure out as a child, you know, how to love you know people that are not blood related and and it was a great learning experience i mean uh i love my stepbrothers i love all of them uh they're all great uh, great guys and have all played a a part in my life part of my testimony a part of just everything mm-hmm. they'll always be a part of my life you know uh so it, it, things were different growing up than than the rest of my family um and and because of that you know i you know my parents weren't always in church, in church, right? You know, no, I know exactly. What you, yeah. Um. So my cousins, their parents obviously were here because they're pastors. My other cousins are in church because they're pastors. You mm-hmm. know, my grandparents, they're there because they're pastors and they're, and they're great men of God. And and then there you have me and my sister, and we're, uh, you know, we, we we come to church, but well, I mean, for me personally, my sister was really, you know, was really big in church. Uh, she she had a lot of friends and um. I just really wasn't more or less interested in it. You know, I had other things going on. And I I played sports from the time that I could walk, Mm -hmm. you know. Both of my parents are athletes. My dad played college baseball. My my mom played college basketball. Um, And so, obviously, their offspring is going to have some athleticism. Mm -hmm. So, my sister played soccer, basketball. uh, She rode horses. I mean, she was very athletic. She is very athletic. Uh, and I wrestled, played football, played golf, played lacrosse, played baseball, <laughs> played. You know, I, I I played pretty much everything they could. They had of. a ball in the name. It was, I was gonna was play it. Yeah. I was gonna play it. Um, and my sister, she played tennis. But anyways, we just grew. You know, we're an athletic family. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least me and my sister. I, everyone else, they're they're klutzes. <laughs> I just I'm just playing. Uh, but no, so me and my sister, we just grew up naturally athletic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always pretty interested in sports. I loved to wrestle. Uh, football wasn't my favorite. And I blame my dad because he kind of forced me to play, which I'm thankful uh, because, you know, I get into – if I had time, I could talk about this all day, but I don't. So I'm going to just kind of keep it short and sweet. Uh, but I played football for the Wichita Cowboys. I know who they are. Yeah. 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 I played I played football for the Wichita <laughs> Cowboys back in the day. And uh, it's just crazy now because I'm a bus captain uh, here at the church, at First Pentecostal Church. you pick church. up some of those Cowboys, don't and you? And I pick up – Wichita Cowboys <laughs> on my bus route. Yep. I pick up Wichita Bulldogs and uh, the Tigers. And I play, pick up all. And when I was their age, if I was on the bus with a Bulldog, 
Bro, we it's go time. Oh, it's go time, baby. <laughs> it's go time. I remember one time we went to uh, my team was a traveling team. We were good, you know. We were, you know, yeah. we were, uh, man, we were good, bro. <laughs> I wasn't good, but I mean, I, but I, we was good. Uh-huh. Um, no, but uh, so anyway, so we we were a traveling team, you know. We traveled to Texas, Oklahoma. They traveled Tennessee. They traveled all all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to find competition because everyone in Wichita. I mean, we would absolutely just obliterate. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd win championships over and over again. <laughs> I mean, my room is covered in trophies. Well, it used to be when I was a child. I, I got rid of them all. Uh, not all of them, but I didn't get rid of them. I just put them away. Put them away. Anyway, I picked up – I was picking up some bulldogs. I was picking up some cowboys, some tigers, some gators, some uh, bears, whatever. Picking up all these different kids for the or- same organization that I played for. Um, but like I said, we would travel and – and we were really good, and I remember one time we went to Texas. Uh, I think it was Dallas, Texas. Uh, it was either Dallas or – it was Texas area. Anyway, we were playing a, a football tournament, and uh, we ran into some kids from Oregon. Okay, it's a b- huge tournament, mm-hmm. huge tournament. Mm-hmm. So we ran into some kids from Oregon, and, of course, their names were the Oregon Ducks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were the Ducks. And, the Ducks? Uh, the Ducks. And so they uh, – I mean, their their uniforms are green and orange oh and all this kind of stuff, and and then the which us Wichita Cowboys. I mean, a lot of the kids that I played with in, were inner city Wichita kids. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just some kid that lives in uh, yeah. Andover. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but me and uh, the coach's son, uh, we were real close. We lived in the same neighborhood, and a couple other guys that played on the football team lived in the same neighborhood. I mean, and we were the only white dudes on that team. Mm-hmm. The quarterback. <laughs> was 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 the uh, was white and then me and, I, and then maybe one of the couple linemen were white. I mean there was like four <laughs> white dudes. I mean and there is I mean the rest of the team, the rest of the team. I mean there I mean it's a huge team, thirty plus kids. Yep. You know and for a little pee wee team like that's that, pretty big. That's huge. That's really. Big. You got eleven that you have eleven that start and most of the time the offensive players were on uh, the defensive players too because yeah, yeah. they were just you know more athletic. Uh, so anyway, so we were in Texas and. Uh, and, you know, I have a loud – I talk, obviously. Mm-hmm. I talk, obviously. And even at church, I talk smack. It's just what I All do. I just talk smack. <laughs> uh, just That's just who I am. I just I just talk that talk. And um, <laughs> and so, you know, I'm some little dude, you know, a little body big head. Always had a big head. <laughs> you know, I literally would just, like, wobble over, you know, because my helmet was so big. I would just look like, a, bobble, you were good at wrestling. like a bobble head. Oh, I was great at wrestling. Yeah. And uh, – so anyway, we're in the hotel, and uh, I don't know where this is leading, but you know we're just gonna go with it. I was <laughs> I was in the hotel, and uh, here comes the Oregon Ducks, and they start talking. They start talking mess, you know. So I start talking mess, and then I was the only one in the hallway, and there was like four or five, six of them, you know, mm-hmm. and they're talking about, oh, where y'all from, or where you from? I sound from Wichita. Where are you from? They from Oregon. And and we just started just I don't know how it even started but man we just started talking just straight trash <laughs> and here I am a little white dude middle of this hotel this whole team of these Oregon Ducks you know I'm like Oregon Ducks that's a stupid name like, like, like <laughs> you know what whatever you can think of when you're like nine or ten oh eleven years old twelve years old oh and dude I get cornered bro. I get cornered by these kids, and I'm getting ready to get jumped. You know, my <laughs> mouth wrote a check it could not cash. And all of a sudden, they're, I mean, I mean, punches. I mean, they're trying to oh, no. they're trying to jump me, bro. And all of a sudden, dude, I'm, th- I'm talking. I just yelled like, Cowboys, woo! You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> dude, I'm talking that, that open, 
my teammates opened up the door from their hotel room, bro, and we literally got kicked out of that hotel. Just about got kicked just out of that fighting. hotel <laughs> because the Cowboys ran down the hallway and they was not allowed to get there. <laughs> and I mean, inner city Wichita boys meet up with these, you know, these inner, like, these uh-huh. preppy, you know, Oregon kids. And dude, I mean, it's a brawl. You mm-hmm. know, we're scrapping. And uh, anyway, so th- that's just kind of what I grew up. I grew up in, you know, I grew up with a lot of inner city Wichita kids. And uh, God called me to the bus ministry, and I, I guess I have, uh, I just have a, a super deep passion and burden because I, I've been like, this is all I've known my mm-hmm. whole life. All I've you have known, a connection. I have a connection with them. Ex- exactly right. And this is all I've known was, you know, people get so you know nervous about the area that they're in, or or about the people that you talk to, or the people that you're passing out. You know, uh, you know, trying to reach. And they always say, well, I would never go there. I mm, would never go. Mm. I would never, I would never go there. And my grandpa's famous saying is, well, how many souls have you won? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is you can't be, a, you, you can't be a, a afraid really of anything. You know, when you walk with God, you walk with a, just a different boldness. Uh, Joshua 1, 1, 3, God spoke this into my spirit during fast, uh, fasting and prayer. And it says that everywhere that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, mm-hmm. that have I given unto you as I did un, as I did to Moses. And I'm thinking, God, like, what does that mean, you know? What, what do you mean there? And he goes, you missed it. You missed it. I'm like, okay. He said, every place that the foot, that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I did unto Moses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, God, I get it. Like, you gave that to Moses. And he goes, man, you're missing it. Mm-hmm. You're Stop. missing it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, what am I missing? He said, that promise didn't stop with Moses. He said, not only that, but the promise didn't stop with Joshua. Mm-hmm. I have given you that promise that every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. Mm-hmm. Man, I and I started weeping. I started crying, and and I started interceding because I realized that when we go on this, you know, uh, door knocking, you know, in this, the inner city parts of Wichita, there's no room for fear. You're not you're not there for yourself. You're exactly. there for God. Mm-hmm. And when God sends you somewhere, you better believe He's gonna protect you. Oh, you know, yeah. the will of God will never take you where the will of God won't protect you. You know, and so we. So I just think you know, every every place I saw my foot should tread upon that has he given unto me, and and we just walk out, you know, and uh, but it, it, I have a deep connection with these kids, uh, because I I grew up I grew up with them, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up with their brothers, I grew up with their sisters, I grew up, I I grew up in loving the same thing that they do. I mean, those kids love to play football, they love to play basketball, mm-hmm. they love, you know, they're normal kids. Um, and they're just trying to make a future for themselves. And we have had people play in the NFL from the Wichita Cowboys. Absolutely. There's a there's a couple kids right now that are playing in college. There's a kid that played. Uh, there's a kid that is currently playing at OU, Oklahoma, uh, the Oklahoma uh, Sooners, Sooners that played with mm-hmm. me, that I played on the same really? team with him. That's cool. We we have uh, kids that played. On the Wichita Cowboys, that that is currently in the NFL, mm-hmm. playing for the Ravens, playing used to play for the Eagles, you know. And so these kids see where where you know these sports can take them, you know. And people are like, you know, people can preach all they want against sports, and they can preach all they want against this and that. Um, 
and obviously you don't you can't make sports a god, right? Right. right. But those kids that live in those inner cities, I mean, that is their future. That's like their that, when when they look at when they look at where some of their predecessors have gone. That's right. They see the glory. That's right. I use quotation marks yeah. there. The glory yep. in getting to the NFL yeah. and getting to college level play. Yeah. They see that as something to aim and strive for. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with it, you know? And so one thing that I've learned to do while door knocking, while outreach, while talking to him is, you know, I, I know a lot about sports, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm not uh, in it like I used to be. I don't well, I don't get on ESPN, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I, frankly, I don't, I don't believe uh, that I, I, I do believe that people make sports a God. Absolutely. And I am absolutely 100% anybody who preaches that, you know, sports can become a God because it's so true. Absolutely. But there comes to a point where we have to be careful. Um, and I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about preachers, pastors, anything like that. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people that are out on outreach, people that want to make themselves seem better or more holy or more, you know, close, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, it's okay to let those kids dream. It's okay to let those kids have goals. Absolutely. And so you want anyway, to push them. You want you want to help push them into having something to strive for. Exactly. Because I've I've not been as active as I would like to be, like you mm, are yeah. in the, in that ministry mm-hmm. because of my job and yep. because of the schedule that I have. But I have gone out a, more than a yeah. handful of times. Yep door knocking yeah and if you were able to see the situation that they were in mm. if you were able to see the 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 it, i hate to use this word but it's it, but it's the only word like the brokenness that they're in. absolutely it is and and it is it is like a little light when they when they when you see that kid man i really want to do absolutely. something greater than than what i'm in right yeah, now absolutely you see six and seven eight year olds have that little light yeah. of hope in their eyes. Yep. That and yeah, I never want to snuff that. And, out. and I don't know why I just I felt this. Uh, I don't know why I felt this. Uh, and let me clarify myself. Uh, you can't make sports a god. Uh, you know when you preach against sports, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 100 percent with you. Like I'm not. I don't want that to make <laughs> it sound like I'm kind of contra- contradict nope. anything. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, but I, and I don't know why I feel this. But when when we walk around with a, a haughty spirit. Or when we walk around thinking, you know, we have it better than some people, so we can kind of, you, you know what I'm, you know oh, what I'm I know getting exactly, at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I guess what I'm saying is there's no there's no room for that spirit, mm-hmm. especially in bus ministry, especially in outreach, especially in soul winning. Um, that's why Bishop is so successful with what he does. That's why God has has put him where he's at because Bishop Cornwell, he he grew up with nothing. And when he and when he looks at some, that is why he has such a big heart for bus ministry, because he was a bus kid. Mm-hmm. He 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 was a family of twelve, and the only time a church would come knock on his doors when they were doing a Sunday school competition to try to get the most numbers. So that's why that's why the bishop has such a heart for the bus ministry, um, and you can even I mean even even the bishop understands that some of the some of the. Uh, uh, their biggest dreams and goals of these bus kids is is sports, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for our church because we don't ever when they come up to teen outreach we don't ever preach against preach against like stop playing sports give up that give up that mm-hmm. you know so I'm thankful for my church especially this church because we have have we have that culture 
of accepting everybody and telling everybody you can do whatever you want if yeah. you put your mind to it. Yeah. And we have such a burden and such a passion for our city that we are willing to go out and incur uh, brother brother there's a brother in the church. Um, he goes and he picks up a a, a kid uh, and, and brings him to church. And this kid is a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal athlete. And this brother, you know, supports this kid that he brings. And he, it's just the culture that our church has. Yeah. We want to help whoever we can. And so anyway, to get, I mean, that to get a little more into the testimony, um, I grew up, I just grew up always playing sports. Um, and I, and I truly can say that I made sports a God in my life because I would put a football tournament over church on Sunday I mean, I was hardly when I was growing up. I mean, I can't, I can't remember a time where I was consistently coming to church, uh, and, and the only reason why I'm in church right now is because by the grace of God. Yeah. Uh, I I used to be real close with a family that I'd go stay with on the weekends, and the only, uh, the what they would tell me is the only way you can stay the night with us is if you go to church with us in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I mean, I guess I can do that. <laughs> and so that family single handedly almost forced me to go to church, but because of that family, I am where I am now. Mm -hmm. So I do absolutely give them credit for where I'm at, even though, you know, things have, uh, I've kind of separated from that, from them and, and, you know, different things have happened in the past. Uh, but I do absolutely give them credit for, uh, for where I'm at right now, Mm -hmm. because they played a huge impact on me. They played a huge role in my life. Um, so my parents were split up. My, my parents weren't always really much into church. Um, they didn't really force me or require me to go to church. And, you know, me and my dad, I mean, we, it w- me and him would be gone all the, all the time going playing football and playing sports. Uh, but I can uh, specifically remember a time where I finally told my dad that I'm, I'm done playing uh, football. I, I'm done playing sports. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue church. I'm going to pursue what God wants me to pursue. And, you know, me and him had a big, you know, uh, argument about it because he doesn't believe in quitters. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I don't believe in quitting either, but I, I was willing to, I was willing to, and I was willing to give it up, give everything up because I wanted to pursue God. I, I, I knew that God had a calling on my life. I mean, it all started at a senior camp. Uh, and, I, and sometimes I get emotional thinking about it because if I didn't have family, uh, if I didn't have a cousin by the name of John Calvin, who who wouldn't have pushed me so hard to come to senior camp. I, with, with my whole heart, don't think I'd be where I'm at today. Don't think I'd be in church. I don't think I'd be sitting here on the podcast. And so I give a lot of credit um, to John Calvin, my cousin, because he told me, he said, Trey, you absolutely have to come to senior camp. And the re- and, that, and he's smart because the way he got me to come to senior camp is he told me that there's going to be basketball there. We was going to have a tournament. We was going to be on the same team. And I was like, yes, I'm there. I'll play this basketball tournament with you. I'll be with you. We made shirts. Man, we had the whole get up. And, you know, I, I believe that God had designed I, – I believe God used sports, I, I really do, to get me to get into church. Uh, and so – you know, it, it's funny that that I say that because sports was such a god to me, and God was God was God is so great and so powerful that He is not intimidated to use my sports god to yeah. get me to senior <laughs> camp so that I can give up sports and follow Him. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, and so John Calvin he spoke to, he he spoke to me and said you need to come. So long story short, I was like, okay, whatever, I'll go. And I strictly remember going and buying new basketball shoes. 
and completely slacking on buying dress shoes, you know? Like, I could, I was not in church, you know? Like, I cannot express uh-huh. that enough. People are like, well, you grew up in the church. You grew up with the bishop as a man of God in your life. You, you know, you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. And I play along and say, yeah, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. God bless me. Mm-hmm. But they don't, they don't know what I've been through. <laughs> and I don't look like what I've been through. Uh-huh. And I praise God for that. And you don't act like and it. And I don't act like it because there's no need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know... I don't look like what I've been through, and I can't say that enough. And so people always assume that because you're a, you're the bishop's grandson that you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. And 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 yes, I I have been blessed. My grandparents have absolutely blessed their grandkids. My parents, you know, uh, I, I I am blessed. Mm-hmm. I am not denying the mm-hmm. fact that I am a blessed man. You're, you are in a very good I am in situation. A, I'm in a great situation, and I praise God for. I got a great family, and I can't thank them enough for everything that they've done for me. And 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 God really had His hands on me. But you, but me, but you have to make a choice. That's right, because. You could turn around right now. Absolutely. And all of this would disappear. Absolutely. Someone else would fill yeah. these shoes. Absolutely. I everyone I tell Not like you can, yeah. but they would fill the space. Yeah, for sure. And I and I don't tell everybody this, but I tell some people this. I I always say, look, don't ever get to the place where you don't think you're replaceable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, Absolutely. Because especially in the kingdom. Especially in the kingdom, because God God will do it in spite of in spite of it all. He'll he'll do it mm-hmm. just to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. He'll de elevate you and elevate somebody else. Absolutely. Just okay. So anyway, so uh, people always assume that I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth, and I I just agree because there's no point of me, uh, there's no point of me, uh, trying to argue that you don't have to convince. Them. I don't have to convince them. They don't. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't know what I've been through. God does. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so people just assume because, you know, I grew up with such a powerful man of God in my life <laughs> that, you know, you no, it wasn't it wasn't that way. And I tell people this, too, that my grandpa, my the bishop's relationship with God cannot get me to heaven. Mm-hmm. I've got to have my own relationship. Absolutely. I've got to have my own walk with God. His walk with God can absolutely help mine and change mine. And he has my grandpa has sent up many prayers on my behalf because he knew what God had for me. And, 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 and I think, I, I thank my grandma, my grandpa, my family for praying so hard for me. Cause I know they had to, <laughs> um, but, but I'm not, I'm not denying that. But what I'm saying is you have to have your own walk with God. You've got to have your own experience with God. And so I go to that senior camp fully expecting to play basketball, fully expecting to play all these sports. I, I was not interested in church, wasn't, didn't. I forgot that there was church. We wasn't even going to have church. So we got done playing basketball, and they're like, you got to get back to your dorm, go take a shower, and get dressed for church. I'm thinking, ah, all right. So <laughs> it was a Thursday night, and Mark Brown, Brother Mark Brown was preaching. Oh, that man. Yeah. Oh. And I, I still don't think, uh, if I were to ever talk to him again in person, which I'm sure I will, uh, I, I'm definitely going to tell him what what uh, what his ministry has done in my life. Because uh, I don't think he fully understands the impact that he makes on people just because he's so humble himself Absolutely. you know so next time i get a chance to talk with him i'm going to i'll, I'll tell him but um <laughs> maybe if he even listens to this podcast <laughs> you never know um uh, but anyway so it was a thursday night and i forget i can't to be honest with you i can't remember what he preached uh it was convicting uh it was about callings it was about you know so anyway so i i, I everyone you know stands up their hands are lifted up and 
and uh, and whatnot, and and I'm like, all right, I'll just go with it, you know. Uh, I lift my hands up, you know, and I'm praying, and and like all of a sudden, I feel my two feet start moving, and I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and I remember distinctively like trying to like just back up, you know, uh-huh. just let everyone. And my feet just kept moving, and like my head was staying in place, but my my feet kept walking forward. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And, and finally, I mean, God was like, all right. So my feet just kept on moving, and obviously, when you're, where your feet move, you, I mean, you, your body goes as well. So my feet start moving up to the front, and I'm scooting past people, like doing a little shimmy to get through the crowd, <laughs> and I find myself up to the very front of that altar, and I look to my left, and then there's my cousin John Calvin, you know, and. uh Man, I, God, the power of God was so heavy in that place. And I remember finding myself leaning over uh, just these booming speakers, bro. Mm-hmm. Booming. I mean, you make your ears bleed. But I just leaned over those speakers. And the coolest thing about it all, and, I, and it, I, every time I think about that picture, because there's a picture of the moment mm. that God called me <laughs> to the ministry. He delivered me of And John Calvin whispers in my ear, he said, and he this man is bold. I mean, I'm talking, I'm playing sports. I'm in the middle of doing all these things. And, and he speaks to me and he tells me, Trey, it's time you give up sports. You've been serving sports more than you've been serving God. And he says, I'm telling you, God told me to tell you that you're done playing sports. Like what? This man, this man really, this man really just told me I'm about to give up sports mm-hmm. like that dude is bold but dude me I, when he told me that bro i just boom broke down and i was crying because i knew what i had to do mm-hmm. and literally when i got back that weekend like, I, I gave up all sports i didn't play any sports i gave up wrestling i gave up all of that and and i pursued god and i remember getting into church and and uh I, it just felt right you know it just, I just absolutely knew that this was what I was supposed to do. And so I gave up all the sports and, you know, my dad wasn't the happiest about it. Uh, you know, you know, I was a quitter, you know, all this kind of stuff. Sure. And, you know, and I was willing to accept the fact that I quit for the ministry, for the ministry, you know? And so anyway, so fast forward and, you know, I start playing golf, uh, which was absolutely f- fantastic you know and my excuse was because i gave up wrestling and football uh, the biggest one i gave up was wrestling though and you know when you're wrestling you got to wear those them little tight little, mm-hmm, le- mm-hmm. Uh, little leotards whatever you call it, singlets um and uh man like i feel like i got convicted i'm like man i can't wrestle i can't wear that stuff <laughs> and i was like so i just like i just play golf you know i can wear pants i can be holy uh-huh. i can wear you know and just i can play golf and look and 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 you know do my thing and so that's what I did. You know, I never played golf before. <laughs> My freshman year of high school at tryouts was pretty much the first time I ever touched golf clubs. And the only reason why I made the golf team was because I didn't finish the nine holes. So we took so long <laughs> that we got through five <laughs> holes of the golf. <laughs> and, oh the coach, and the coach was just so fed up that he just took the score for the five holes. And because of that, he's like, all right, your score is you know, low enough. You made the team. Wow. And so I make the golf team, <laughs> and uh, I played five holes, and uh, I was so bad. We were so bad that um, that we had just took the score of the five holes, and the coach was like, all right, this is going to be a long year. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I distinctively remember, like, when I start something, I, I, I'm going to get better. You're in it, yeah. I'm going to get good, you mm-hmm. know. I, I'm just too competitive. And I remember playing – 
playing golf and man I just started grinding bro I was like work you know I, I just started practicing and practicing and practicing and we had won some tournaments because mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I made the JV team and man I mean we just we just brought this vi- we were just vibing as you know as a team as a JV we were all terrible but everyone else was terrible too the other teams <laughs> and we won tournaments we were placing and that next summer from freshman year to uh, sophomore year uh, I went from shooting like 120 strokes which those that know golf know that's terrible <laughs> 120 strokes and by the time I was a sophomore I got my average down to high 70s low 80s which was decent you know yeah. and I went from last on JV to first on varsity because all summer I grinded all summer I was just you know practicing and practicing and practicing anyway long story short because I know my time is running short uh I kept I kept playing golf and uh and I had no, I knew that I wanted to go play college golf, you know, and I was in church. I knew what I had to do. I knew what the will of God was. I knew God was calling me full time to the ministry. Uh, but a little part of me was like, man, I got good at golf. I could go play golf at college, uh, get a scholarship, make college cheaper mm-hmm. while playing golf. And you know what? On the, on the, on the side, I can minister to, you know, try to win souls, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Trying to, trying to, uh, convince God to let me go play <laughs> golf, you know, like God knows the beginning and the ending. Uh-huh. He, he knows what decision, he knows where your heart lies. He knows, <laughs> he knows what I wanted to do. I wanted to go play golf, run, run away from the ministry. And, 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 you know, just play golf. And mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to go to no PGA tour or anything. I don't even know what I was thinking. <laughs> And I had a lot of people praying for me that to make the right decision. Um, so anyway, so I, I just I focused on trying to get that golf scholarship just to prove to people that you can do, do whatever both. you can mm-hmm. you can do both, you know, and and that you can do whatever you set your mind up. Dude, I was so adamant that I was going to go play college golf. And uh, so, so sophomore year, I'll go to state. Junior year, go to state. Senior year, go to state. Like, I, and I'm getting good at golf, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to state every year, and and. Uh, I mean, God, like I just started getting really good. I'm like, man, if God's going to allow me to get good, then maybe this is the will of God, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I distinctively remember uh, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go play college golf or was I going to pursue the ministry? And I was thinking, well, if, you know, if I get scholarships, I get offers from these colleges, then obviously I'm going to go take them. Like that's no, no brainer. Like uh-huh. if, if God allows me to get scholarships, then that obviously means that it's the will of God I go play golf. So – Senior year, no, junior year, I get my first college letter from a college that wants me to come play for them. And uh, I don't think, actually, a lot of people know this. Uh, so I had some colleges, you know, contact me, want me to come play golf with them. And then senior year, really, I started getting a lot of emails and mail and stuff like that from colleges. No, no, like, Division One, nothing, like, crazy. Uh, Division Two schools, um, some good Division Two schools, uh, JUCO schools. Um, but so I had... Uh, I had colleges in Wisconsin want, want me to come play in Wisconsin, New York, Missouri, West Virginia, wow, Nebraska. Uh, I had colleges in, uh, yeah. So I had, I mean, I think it was thirteen or fourteen colleges that had reached wow. out to me to come play golf for, for their school. And you know, I was thinking, well, God, if I get a, if I a, a college, uh, if a college here in Wichita offers me, then I'll just do that because I still come to church. Mm-hmm. Not one. None. Not one. (laughs) And, I mean, I had some teammates that I was better than get offered (laughs) by some colleges in Kansas. 
and I was and I and I was better than them. I was the one spot, <laughs> and they got offers from colleges in Kansas, and not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a slap in the face. But I knew that you know God was trying to get my attention. Mm-hmm. But I was so adamant, like I'm going to go to Wisconsin or I'm going to go to uh, West Virginia. I'm going to go to New York. That and I was like, I'm going to go play golf. Is what I want to do. And so I started praying about it. And God's like, Oh, you think you're going to go play golf? In college? <laughs> okay, okay, watch this. And uh, man, I started praying, and 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 God told me that you're going to give up, you're going to give up that that scholarship for me, and you're going to follow me. Hmm. And I was like, No, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> you know, like, no, nah, I don't know who you think you are, but like, that's not happening. And he's like, He says, Okay, you're going to give up, you're going to give up golf, and you're going to you're going to follow me. And I'm like, No, nah, it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So I started praying, and all of a sudden, like, I was in a prayer, and I just felt it that release like oh my god i'm gonna go follow a full-time and give up <laughs> golf and i'm gonna give up my scholarship and all this kind of stuff and then i had men of god come up and tell me it's not the will of god that you go play golf and mm-hmm. and, I, and i'm like all right god i hear you so long story short i give up my i give up my golf scholarships and and i, I pursue full-time ministry um and god would eventually call me to the bus ministry and and, and call me to uh, I guess to preach, I, I don't really don't feel called to preach, but it's just, you know, it's a part of it, you know? So I'm not saying I'm not going to preach or okay. like, I don't feel like a call to, but, but above, above all, above everything else, mm-hmm. if God would take away the preaching aspect, if God would take away uh, the microphone and the, in the platform, I am still going to, to do bus ministry. I'm still going to make, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I feel called to be a soul winner. Mm-hmm more than anything else. There but uh, the reason why I am preaching is because of, is simply because I was at Brother Reed's church and uh, man, we was having church, bro. And Brother Pagans was preaching. And uh, I told God, I said, God, if, if you will allow me to become a soul winner, I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's all I want to be. I want to be a soul winner. And bro, buckled my knees and I found myself between the pews. And God says, if you will become a soul winner, I will provide everything else. Mm-hmm. I will provide you to evangelize. I will uh, I will provide you to do this and mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you got to be a soul winner first. And if you ever lose your passion to be a soul winner, I'll take your ability away from preaching. There you go. That's what it, that's what I that's what <laughs> told me. If I lose my passion or my burden mm-hmm. for bus ministry, for soul winning, for being a servant in the kingdom of God, then he's going to take my ability away from preaching. And I'm like, it's fine with me. Uh-huh. Cause I just want to be a soul winner. I'm not putting this down. I just want to be a soul winner. Mm-hmm. And um, so last, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna end end here. Uh, but last uh, the 31st of the last day of 2020, last day of 2020, uh, December 31st, uh, I had got the opportunity to go preach a conference in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> know that. And I'm like, the very last day of 2020, and God God allows me to go preach at a conference in Oklahoma. And I'm talking about God absolutely just, man, he did some stuff that I could never do. Could never do that. I could never, all I can do there is go preach the burden that God gave me. Mm-hmm. The burden to reach your city. The burden to have revival. The burden to, to, to reach people that 
that can't bless you. The people, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And uh, and so anyway, so long story short, I just got to. Uh, so I preached that conference. I preached bus ministry. Preach a burden. Can I say one real quick? Yeah. I watched that live stream, dude. You did? I watched. Absolutely, I did. Thank you. <laughs> it was. I wish I could have been there. Yeah. I. I mean, I wasn't invited. I wasn't expecting to get invited, but yeah. I was like, man, I wish somebody would have invited me to that because well, it you. was, that was such a, and I know you'll, I know how all this works. Yeah. God speaks through you. Yeah. And you're the mouthpiece. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it it's is. It's like this podcast. This yeah. is just, just, just a space. Yeah. But it was <laughs> awesome. I yeah. felt the presence Amen. of God you guys were feeling. Amen. We're in my house. That I awesome. felt it. I, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. <laughs> I, I thank you. Uh, that like that was all God, and uh, I mean the Holy Ghost fell in that place. And dude, like I just started preaching bus ministry, bro. And I don't know if this if this is even public information or not. There's bus ministries being started in Texas and Mexico yeah, yeah, and Oklahoma. Bishop, yeah, Bishop announced that. In Iowa. Uh, this guy in Iowa had watched Saturday's prayer meeting, and God had called him to reach his city from sat- from that Saturday. He just, he just felt oh, that. Oh, from, uh, from, from, from prayer and fasting. From prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so this, this church I go and preach, they just went and got some. They just bought some buses, <laughs> you know? God. They went and bought some buses, <laughs> you know? And, and God had made a promise to me. God made a promise to me. That by the time I'm all said and done, by the time you're done with your ministry, every church in our movement is going to have at least one bus. Amen. He made that promise to me. Amen. And I've already seen it happen. <laughs> I've already seen churches start buying buses. Amen. Uh, a kid came and 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 he was looking at our bus ministry. And he, he was shadowing me, f- figuring out how we do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, this today, today, they got a bus. And they are doing their first bus route and first outreach of that church in that Mi- Miami, Oklahoma. And that is not even awesome. a church I preached at. <laughs> and it's just start. It's just starting. You know, God is is about to set this place on fire. Absolutely on fire. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, so the whole moral of the story is when God calls you, He expects you. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to tell somebody that's listening. When God calls you, He expects you. You are not unqualified from the calling of God. When you are called by God, in that moment, He qualifies you. Amen. There's nobody that is unqualified to work for the kingdom of God. And- There's no handicap that can disable you from the kingdom of God. There's no handicap that God can't that God can't work with. There's there's no unqualification that God can't work. You can be a child and still do the work of God. You can be old and still do the work of God. It doesn't matter how old you are, your credentials, your qualifications, your last name, your family, nothing. When God calls you, he expects you. And when he and when he and he, when he writes in Joshua that wherever the sole of your foot shall tread upon that have I given unto you. It's a promise that God has made to us, mm-hmm. that God has made to us as children of God. That anywhere you go, you can have revival. He a- gave me a prophecy. A- he gave me a prophecy. He gave me a word, and I and I prophesy this to anybody that I can. But he says, "You are blessed." Yea, ye shall be blessed. Everyone that you touch and talk to, yea, they shall be blessed. Mm. And he spoke to me, you are a walking revival. You're a walking revival. And when he gave that to me, I just started prophesying that over everybody. (laughs) And I'm going to prophesy that over you right now. You are blessed. 
Amen. Yeah, you shall be blessed. <laughs> Everyone you touch and talk to, they shall be blessed. You are a walking revival. Amen. And I believe that this podcast is going to be a part of that revival. I believe that I, people are going to hear the testimonies and realize that they're not the only one that goes through certain battles and certain situations. And this podcast is going to uplift somebody's soul. <laughs> and because of that, you are going to reach co-workers. You're going to reach family members. And I'm prophesying that. Amen. This podcast is going to play a role in this revival. You know, you haven't listened to it yet because you admitted to such. Yeah. Uh, in my last podcast with Buddy and Mike. Yes. Brother Mike said last year was the year of vision. Yeah. He said, and this year, with everything else that we've talked about this year is going to be, with all the different podcasts that have been started, he's like, last year we were using our eyes. Mm. He said, this year, it would not shock me, it would not surprise me, with everything that we're starting in this church, the years. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. God is getting ready to do something that we are not expecting, mm -hmm. and he already is. Brother, Brother David Smith came and preached 500 Soul Revival at our church. Amen. I remember that. And I want to remind people... Uh, of that prophecy he prophesied 500 souls and i and i want to tell you all something that are that's listening right now and i want to tell you this as well the beginning of 2020 uh or the beginning mid 2020 whenever we started doing these bags i guess that was like after covid after covid mm -hmm. after covid <laughs> we started with 300 bags how many are you up to now over a thousand <laughs> over a thousand bags that we are passing out every single Saturday. That is over 700. Mm -hmm. More. More. Than you started. Than what we started mm -hmm. with. God is on the move. You either get in or you get out. <laughs> but either way, God gonna happen. is on the move. Absolutely. Uh, I, I tell people this, and I'm going to end with this, that when God, by faith, by faith, Noah built the ark. Right. Amen. By faith, he mm -hmm. listened to God and they were having a drought. They hadn't seen rain in hundreds of years. And he says, Noah, build an ark. He said, God, I don't know how to build no ark. I don't know. How, I've never seen water. How am I supposed God provided him the blueprints to build that ark. Not one piece of wood was out of place. He obeyed every single commandment that God had given unto mm -hmm. him. And the moral of the story that I'd tell people is you either get in the ark or you perish in the flood. Yep. There is no building a life raft and attaching it to the back of the yoke. Nope. And once the door shuts. Once the door shuts. It's done. It's done. Cause that, and let me clarify something with that. Man is not shutting the door. Yes, right. God the is. bishop isn't shutting the door. That's right. Trey Cornwell isn't shutting the door. So they can't open it. That's right. They can't reopen the door. That's right. They, when God shuts the door, because he's the one who's shutting the door, it's sealed. That's right. That's and right. it, and you're absolutely right. If any time has ever been a good time to get on the boat, it's now. It's right now. Right now. I I was listening to Jeff Arnold, and he was saying that you have the tools mm -hmm. you need already. That's right. You don't need anything else. That's right. If you're listening to this podcast, I have these tools that's right to outreach with this podcast 
you have the tools to reach who you can reach. I can't reach that person. That's right. You can. That's right. You know exactly who I'm talking about. That's right. That's right. It's there's, uh, you are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what you go through. You could go through a, a, a split home. You could go, you could be going through a divorce right now. You could be going through financial crisis. You can go, you could be going through health crisis. God is not afraid to work out your situation. <laughs> He's ready to work out your situation. His hands are open. The problem is we are not putting our situation in his hands, mm-hmm. putting our situations at his feet. I don't want to speak life into somebody right now that if you're going through marital problems and, and if you're going through financial problems, if you're going through health problems, if you're going through family issues, my God is more than enough. Mm-hmm. He is more than able. If you will give it to him and allow him to take over, if you will get out of trying to do it on your own and you will just put all your burdens and all your your labor upon him, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, God is not afraid of anything that you go through. You just have to give it to him. And, and I gave God my everything. I gave him my scholarships. I gave him my life. And it's not because of my last name, the reason why I have the relationship with God. It's simply because I was not afraid to give him my everything. Absolutely. And when you will give him your everything, God will provide you your everything. Mm-hmm. And I want, I just, I hope this encourages somebody. Let's go ahead and pray this out. Absolutely. Lord, I thank you for this podcast. God, I thank you for brother Nathan, God being used of God and allowing him to hear Lord, from you, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that whoever this podcast goes to, whoever listens to this uplifting podcast, God, I pray that the words that you have spoken through our mouths today would go and affect every single listener. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that your spirit would step into that situation and those that are listening understand and know exactly what I'm talking about right now. God, they're thinking about it right now. They're thinking about what they're going through. And God, I pray right now that you would step into that situation. And God, I pray that we would give you our everything. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would not be afraid to put our trust in you. God, I love you. God, I thank you for today. God, I pray that you would lead us and you would guide us and you would send us on our way. All for your glory and all for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Trey, yes, for sir. coming on. Thank you. It goes without saying that it is absolutely my privilege <laughs> to have you on Thank you. my podcast. Thank it you. is God. I'm going to call it. I'm, you know what? This isn't Nathan's podcast. This is God's podcast. Amen. This, that's, that's what this is. Amen. This is God's podcast. Amen. This has been the Uplift Podcast because it is uplifting. <laughs>